0: Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. She wrote this letter to the tech support as a joke uh, and only remembered about it when she unexpectedly received their responding email. And she writes... Uh, And she says, dear tech support, last year I upgraded the boyfriend 5.0 to husband 1.0 and noticed a distinct slowdown in overall system performance, particularly in the flower and jewelry applications, which operated flawlessly under boyfriend 5.0. In addition, Husband, 1.0, uninstalled many other valuable programs such as Romance, 9.5, and Personal Attention, 6.5, and then installed undesirable programs such as NBA, 5.0, <laughs> NFL, 3.0, and Golf Clubs, 4.1. People are nudging one another there in the pews. Conversation, 8.0, no longer runs, and House Cleaning, 2.6, simply crashes the system. Please note that I have tried running, nagging 5.3 to fix these problems, but to no avail. What can I do? Signed, and the lady calls herself desperate. So they respond to her, dear desperate. First, keep in mind, boyfriend 5.0 is an entertainment package, (laughs) while husband 1.0 is an operating system. Please enter command, colon, I thought you loved me, Hotmail, <laughs> and tried to download tier 6.2, and do not forget to install the Gilt 3.0 update. If that application works as designed. Husband 1.0 should then automatically run the applications jewelry 2.0 and flowers 3.5. However, remember. Overuse of the above application can cause husband 1.0 to default to grumpy silence 2.5, happy hour 7.0, or beer 6.1. Whatever you do, do not under any circumstance install mother in law 1.0. It runs a virus. <laughs> In the background, that will eventually seize control of all your system resources. In addition, please do not attempt to reinstall the Boyfriend 5.0 program. These are unsupported applications that will crash Husband 1.0. In summary, Husband 1.0 is a great program, but it does not have limited memory and cannot learn new applications quickly you might consider buying additional software to improve memory and performance. (laughs) Good luck, exclamation mark. All the best, tech support. (laughs) Folks, it's a time of glad tidings. And we often, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, we miss the point or the reason of the season. And we often find it in the simplicity of the Christmas story. And kids can teach us so much when it comes uh, to Christmas. The six-year-old kids in their Sunday school class were reenacting the story of the birth of Jesus. And the teacher wanted them to stage it themselves based on their own made-up script. So it was certainly interesting that they had three Marys, two Josephs, Six shepherds, two wise guys, and one boy who played the cow. Another boy decided he would be the doctor who would deliver the baby. The teacher consented, so the little doctor went back behind the manger and picked up the doll and carefully wrapped him in a blanket. Then with a big smile on his face, he turned to the Marys and the Josephs and said, "'Congratulations.' It's a God. (laughs) That little boy had a better grasp of the incarnation than many people much older. And so we know what the Christmas story is all about. We've gone through the motions. But let me try and bring us back to the reason for the season and how that can impact our lives in such a profound way. Way. The passage I want to read is Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. This is a powerful verse, verse 10. Do not be afraid, I bring you good news. The King James Version says, I bring you good tidings. I didn't know what the word tidings meant, and so I looked it up, and and it's it's a good announcement. It's a good uh, announcement, it's good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I think it's a time of joy uh, that ushers in this awesome uh, setting of glad tidings. If we look at the setting and you look at the time, you realize it's not done in the middle of the day in the splendor of the sun, but it's done at a very quiet contemplative moment. Mary appears to these shepherds in the silence of the night and while the stars are flickering, she announces that there is good news. It's good news. And uh, it's good news because it's a, a, a time of contemplation. If you look at the, the, the people the angel appears to, it's not to rulers and to high-powered kings and leaders. No, it's not uh, to how high-powered people who can uh, have authority to say uh, or call things into command. No, he, uh, she appears, or the angel appears to shepherds, humble shepherds out in the field. Those who had been neglected and forgotten. And we often think, well, you know, uh, I'm on my own here. I am far from family, perhaps far from friends. I'm standing alone. But friends, this is good tidings. It's good news for that person who stands alone this Christmas. Why? Because the Savior of the world has come. And that good news is joyful. It's not just happiness because we can go and buy that happiness uh, through uh, Tim Tams and McDonald's ice cream and i've discovered 2 dollars hungry jack's barbecue cheeseburgers too god bless my son <laughs> but friends it's good news that has eternal ramifications eternal ramifications ramifications that actually changes my life now but for all eternity as well and so it's good news that the angel talks about Uh, in verse 10, uh, and says, but the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Not great happiness, because when the happiness goes, then you need to get more happiness. But this joy is a condition of the heart. You see, the word joy is a Greek word, chara, chara, C-H-A-R-A, if you like. And the more flaming your throat, the more it it makes sense, chara, you know, because it comes down from deep down inside. Ironically, the word grace is the word khari. Khari. And so uh, God's grace and God's joy are intricately connected. And you cannot separate them. You see, you can separate happiness, because that's circumstantial. And so for these shepherds out on their own, uh, this is good news. It's good tidings. And the word there that is is uh, given is uh, with reference to tidings. It's the Greek word evangelizo. Ev, good, angel, angel, messenger. It's a messenger that brings good news. Good news about great joy. Great joy that will change uh, our way of living. That will impact us in such a way that what we see and what we hear will determine who we become. You see... It's good news that says, fear not, fear not. But if I look at the the, the significance of what was given in this message, it's, it's powerful because it is significant because it is great joy, great joy. It's so beneficial to everybody who hears this good news. You see, there's a choice that we have to make this Christmas time. In fact, there's a choice we'll probably have to make today to believe in this Jesus or to reject him. To go, well, you know, I've heard the story before. Um, it's a nice time. It's a festive time. It's a time of celebration. It's joy. It's happiness. But that's all it means to me. Or it's a, 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 a something that is good news that changes my life. Because it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I was speaking to a man last night uh, that I've known for about a year. And um, he, he's a, he was a, a drug addict and been to prison and come out of prison and uh, bumped into him last night. And uh, he said, you know what, Pete, I, I, I'm, I'm finished with my drugs, but I've also stopped smoking and stopped drinking. He says, you know what, I've, for the first time in my life, and he is... He's in his mid-40s. For the first time in my life, he says, I found joy in other things. I said, things like what, mate? And he said, the Lord, this guy's had it hard. I found joy in the Lord. I've found joy in my 12 and 14-year-old son. He says, at the end of January, I'm getting my daughter back. The courts are allowing me to, to, to get my daughter back. He says, I've met a, a great lady. And so, you, you know, it, it's significant because he's found joy somewhere and because it's good news that will change his life. And that, folk, is profound because we can hear the same story over and over again and not get it. And so he is, has benefited so much. Also, this good news is significant because it's appropriate. It's appropriate for those who, who lack something deep down inside. And friends, it's personal. It's personal. It impacts every single one of us if we choose to go that way. If I look at uh, the significance, it's so unexpected because here are these shepherds out minding their own business, almost outcasts of society, and here the good news comes. But there are so many privileges that come, uh, and that's why it's so significant. It's, it's the privilege of experiencing the fullness of joy. He's not just come to give it temporarily, but He's come to, to give it to us. And, and those two words, great joy, uh, the word great there, mega, is the word, um, which means the most joy. It means joy that's filled with um, you know, weight, if you like. You know, it's, it's a heaviness that is a good heaviness. It's long, it's wide, it's overflowing, if you like. And again, the word joy, chara, Because of who God is, He brings great joy. Despite my circumstances. The so folk, happiness can be taken away from us. We all know that. And it can be, as I have mentioned, temporarily. But no one can take God's grace away from you and from me. It is so, so significant. This was evangelizo. This was good news for those shepherds because they lived in fear because of the law. Uh, They've not done anything wrong, but their lives were filled with fear. I don't know about you, but, but when I'm driving and I see a police car I kind of, you know, if it's one hand on the steering, I put the second one on. I don't dare move my head, but I look into the rearview mirror this way. This way. Is my phone far away? Uh, am I driving correctly? Is my hairstyle in order? Don't look anyway in case you've done something wrong. Are the indicators working? Are the wheels all pumped up and all good to go? I've not done anything wrong, but many, many times your conscience bugs you, and that's what the law does. That's bad news. The law is bad news because it condemns. But this is good news for those shepherds. Why? Because it sets them free. And so it is very good tidings for them. And you know, it's tidings that actually says, fear not. Fear not. The law brings in fear that scares us. And so we often break the rules as long as we don't get caught. But joy says, wow, what a privilege it is. As Damien and Winsome said this morning, that you know, we respond to God because of the awesomeness of who He is. Wow, it is good news. It's good news um, that's simple. It's good news that, that's lasting. And it's a pure and holy good news because it's connected to the true and living God. Also, if I look at the, the season, why, why did Jesus come? You know, this Christ come? What's the occasion of joy? Well, friends, it's, it's a fact that, that God becomes a man and associates himself with you and for me. Said with respect, every other religion, you have to climb the mountain to get, your, to, get to your Savior, to get to your guru, if you like. But in Christianity, the Savior comes down the mountain to you and to me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. He gave. No greater love is this, we read in John 15, that a man give his life for his friend. It's not a God who sits back and does nothing, but it's a God who gives. And as we respond, that is good news. It's a God who comes down and wants to have union with you and with me. No more war, no more schism between God and humanity, no more separation, because now the Savior has come. That is good news. You see, these shepherd boys would have heard that somebody will come and set them free one day, and that was uh, something to look forward to. But friends, it's with absolute amazement that they realize this hope and this comfort that is fulfilled because of the promises that were made in the Old Testament. And we read in verse 11, And to you is born this day a saviour. It's such a powerful word, the word Saviour. Satir. It's a deliverer. He will set you free. Not only will He set you free and you know uh, set you aside, but He will give you His very presence that is good news and that conjures up joy. And no one can take that away from you. No one can steal that from you. Before, it could have been bad news because of us breaking the law. But this is good news. It was a guarantee of God's grace. They'd heard about it in the Old Testament but here they could see it face to face through who Jesus Christ was. The Savior was Christ the Anointed One. This week I was in a Zoom meeting and interacting with somebody about this topic of who Jesus Christ is and it's as if this person was saying that Uh, It was a mistake that Jesus had to go to the cross. He'd never planned that. It was a mistake. It was God's failure that could not save him from going to the cross. Friends, how untrue is that? Jesus came. His mission was to go for you and for me. To die in our place so we could be set free. That's the reason for the season. That's good news. And who is he? He is Lord. And the word Lord, Kyrios, means he is the Supreme One. He is the one that sets people free. He is Jehovah. He is Lord and Master. He is Yahweh. 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 In English we say Yahweh, Y-A-H-E-W-H, but in Hebrew there are no vowels, so it's Yah. Because he is spirit, and this Yahweh comes and dwells with you and with me in the form of a baby and grows up and goes to the cross for you and for me. Wow, that is good news. Who is this for? Well, friends, it's for the society. Um, who, who, who does the, the the angel speak to, and and who does she say is uh, are these? Uh, Good tidings for? Well, uh, again, verse 11, behold, I bring, or verse 10, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, for unto you is born this day. Those who heard the message, those uh, that uh, the angel evangelized to and brought the good news to. And it's to you and to me, it's to each and every one of us sitting here this morning, it's good news. It's good news when we respond to it because it could just be another time, 25th of December, busy time in WA, shops are full and you know, crazy time, can't find parking. Or it's really good news because His name is Jesus Christ and He has come and He, he will change. It's for every hearer of this good news. It's for all people. And, and the angel says, it will be for all people. The word people, they're laos, which means um, your, your very people who hear what has been announced. It's for you and it's for me. And then, what is the sign? The sign of glad tidings uh, is not somebody that will come in pomp and ceremony. It's not somebody who will come with you know, on a white stallion. It's somebody that comes and the shepherds are told, go and look, he'll be wrapped in swaddling clothes. The word swaddling clothes, it's pieces of cloth. He'll be wrapped, uh, not in the Perth Hyatt. You can go and find him there. Make sure that you scan in properly and go up to the fourth floor. No, he is wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger where the cow and the donkey are. As we sang this morning, and friends, we realize it's not with pomp and ceremony. There was no wealth in Bethlehem at the time, anyway. And there were some were saying, "Well, you know, uh, if you look at icons, you'll see the baby Jesus with a halo around his head. You know, and everything's all set nicely. He's smiling. Uh, hasn't given us the thumbs up yet, but it's you know not the peace sign yet. But he's a baby." born in a manger uh, and it's good tidings to those who see it. So there's no no superstition, there's no major philosophy around it that we can argue, why is it this way? No, it's simple. But every eye that sees who Jesus Christ is and every ear that hears who Jesus Christ is can respond in a way that is uh, through simple faith. And so... The question I have to ask ourselves this morning, will we submit to this Jesus Christ in our lives? Do we submit to him and acknowledge him as Lord and Master? I want to end off by reading you a story. The story is of a missionary team that had been invited to Russia to teach Christianity. It was Christmas time as they taught the story of Christ's birth, at an orphanage everyone listened in amazement none of the kids or the staff had ever heard this Christmas story before one of the missionaries wrote we gave the children some materials and instructed them to create the manger scene and that they had just heard about all went well until uh, the missionary writes I got to the one table where little Misha sat, he looked to be about six years old and had finished his project. As I looked at the little boy's manger, I was startled to see not one, but two babies in the manger. I called for a translator to ask why. Looking at his completed manger scene, the child began to repeat the story accurately until he came to the part where Mary put baby Jesus in the manger. He said, "And when Mary laid the baby in the manger, Jesus looked at me and asked me if I had a place to stay. Then Jesus told me I could stay with him. So I got into the manger. And then Jesus looked at me and he told me I could stay with him forever. Putting his hand over his face, Misha's head dropped to the table and his shoulders shook as he sobbed and sobbed. For the first time in his life, he had found someone who would never abandon nor abuse him. Someone who would stay with him forever. God has delivered good news. He's delivered good news. And an invitation to you and to me today. An invitation is found in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come unto me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Friends, that word come is not really a, hey, it's your call. It's an imperative. It's, it's basically come now, exclamation mark. Come, come now. All those who are weary, the word burden there, if you're carrying heavy, it's been a rough year. Uh, you know, uh, parents have died. Uh, uncles, aunts, family from abroad have, have passed away, and we've not been able to, to go and attend their funerals. It's been a rough year. And so if we're carrying heavy this year, it's, the command is, come. Those who are weary and who are burdened, and I will give you rest. I will be able to help you to collect your strength again. Friends, that's good news. That's good news. And so, if the invitation goes out to come to Him, your name, my name, is printed on that invitation. And that invitation says, I love you and I want you to stay with me forever. Like little Misha Never again would he he be abandoned, neglected, abused ever again because Jesus invites him to get into the manger with him. Friends, that's good news. Never to be abandoned again because God will restore him. God will give him that strength again. He was able to respond He was able to say, Lord, I get into the manger with you. I wonder what our response is. Will we get into the manger with Jesus this Christmas? Will he be part of our life? Or will we just go through the motions again? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness and for your love. Thank you, Lord, that it is good news. It is such good news, Lord, that you came and died for us. Lord, thank you that we didn't have to seek you, but you sought us, and you came and invite us to get into that manger with you. And we can grow together. Friends, as there's music playing in the background, perhaps you are burdened. Perhaps you are weary this morning. Perhaps your heart is heavy for whatever reason it might be. Jesus says, come unto me. Come unto me. Come now. Because I want to give you rest. That word rest means, you know, peace that passes understanding. I want to give you not only that, but I want to give you that security of my grace, which results in joy. Perhaps you've been running around from pillar to post trying to find happiness and almost expecting happiness to come, but it doesn't. And it may not, but he wants to give us that peace. That joy that no one can ever take away. So in the quiet this morning, why don't you just respond to God and say to him, come Lord, come and dwell with me please. I need that rest.